my main thing is I want people to have a healthy relationship with food. And I very much believe that if you're the person who won't have cake at your daughter's birthday because you're scared it's gonna make you fat, that is a very unhealthy relationship with food. Not only for you, but also for your daughter. If your daughter sees that you're not gonna have a slice of cake because you're scared that it's gonna make you fat, this is, there's, it's a disease, it's called orthorexia nervosa. When you're so scared of, God forbid, having a slice of fucking cake at your daughter's birthday party that you don't do that, or maybe you do it, but then you feel like you need to go run for five hours to, to, to take care of the damage that you did and damage being in quotes. This, this, this is not a healthy relationship with food. Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family-owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family-owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. Unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes. Train your mind to conquer challenges, stay focused under pressure, and achieve unparalleled success. Our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques, enhancing concentration, resilience, and confidence. Picture yourself outperforming your rivals, making split-second decisions with clarity, and achieving victory like never before. Join us today and elevate your game to new heights. Peak Mental Performance Program, where champions are forged in the mind. Email me today, sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information. See you inside. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Determined Society. I am your host and mental performance coach, Sean French. And I just want to thank you guys again so much for all the love lately, all the reviews, all the listens, all the sharing. You guys are truly blessing me. Today, guys, I have with me an unbelievable guest. Uh, my, my niece introduced me to this guy via Instagram about a year and a half ago. And me and this gentleman have struck up a friendship over the last year. I can't believe it's been a year since we've been friends. We've recent, we actually recorded this show before. And then we're like, you know what? We really don't like it because it didn't really um, show our, our bond. It didn't show who we were as friends. And so I'm here today with one of the dudes that I respect in the fitness space so much because he's authentic. He's funny as fuck. He doesn't give a shit what other people think. And all he's really worried about truly is giving out real information to help people hit their fitness goals and not lose their mind and starve themselves while doing it. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce my boy, Jordan Syed to the show. What's up, homie? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm excited. We can be on and just chill and have, have a, a good conversation. I'm excited. So thank you for having Dude. me. I'm Jack, man. It's funny because when we recorded this show like a year ago, you know how it is, man. It's like the first 15 minutes. Yeah. You don't know this person. You're trying to figure out if I'm real. I'm trying to figure out if you have that same energy that you put out. Exactly. And, and I think what we found, dude, is over the year, over the last year that when we, when we started being friends, it's just like, dude, we're, we are, we are super aligned and mm -hmm. want to make sure whatever we put out is going to bless and give the utmost I guess, information to the audience and, and, and community as possible. And so we just, we, we are, are yeah. who we are, where it's like what we put out on social media is, is actually who you are in real per mm -hmm. in real life, which for me, that was, I think early on in my social media days, cause I started making content like 2011 
mm-hmm. early on when I started meeting people who were also putting out content, I was like, wow, this person is literally nothing like mm-hmm. they are online. And so yeah. when you do meet someone who also makes content and is also like, oh, like that's actually what they're like in real life, it's it's very refreshing. Dude, it's hard, man, because I can really relate to this, right? So I've talked to many individuals virtually and had all these great conversations. But I've always noticed, man, that even the big ones, Mm -hmm. right? The big ones, like, dude, we can go down this rabbit hole if you want. But like, I've had conversations with people that have high energy on their, on their content. Mm -hmm. And then I get them pre-recorded. He's like, they're like, yeah, what's up? You ready to do this? It's like, well, now, since I'm so inspired to have this conversation with you and (laughs) share you with my fucking community. Yeah, let's do it, asshole. Yeah. Dude, it's just so, for me, it's just so, your, your point is, is spot on because I am the same no matter where I go. Correct. Like yeah. the, the same. And and that's why you and I have gotten close is because we can tell the energy, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, if I ran into you at, at a mall, it'd be the same. Right. I, exactly. Okay. And I, and dude, like, I think that freaks people out when, when you think you're getting a certain energy and then you meet a person mm-hmm. and it's like completely different. Yeah. 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 It's dude, jarring. Me, bro. Like, why do you think that is, man? I mean, I think, I mean, I'll never forget. I, so again, I started making content over 10 years ago and I was a young kid when I started, I was, I was in my young twenties and I got a piece of advice that was to date, probably the worst piece of advice I've ever got in my life. There was someone who I looked up to in the industry at the time. And, and basically I was asking for advice on social media and, and i I'm, I swear to God, he said, you want to act like you are a movie star and that your life is perfect and it's always interesting and fun. And I remember hearing this and being like, wait, really? And he's like, you have to act like you're the star of a movie and that, and you want people to just be jealous of what you're doing all the time. And, and I remember like, it didn't sit well with me, mm-hmm. but that's, I think by nature of how social media works and especially with how it's progressed technologically and how people often use it in a way to, you know, we all hear like the highlight real thing. It's true. I think it's become very performative and, mm-hmm. and people think that in order to quote unquote succeed, because what are the markers of success? People think success is having more followers and and that leads to more happiness. And it's just not the case at all. That's it's mm-hmm. they're completely separate. It's not like you can't be happy and have more followers, but it's, if you're unhappy, with having very few followers, then you're also going to be unhappy with having a lot of followers. And so I think people have this idea that, oh, if I have more followers, I'll be more happy. So I have to put on this performance in order to get more followers. And then it just, it goes down this terrible, terrible rabbit hole, which is why when you meet someone who is exactly like they are online, it's, it's very refreshing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are different words that I've noticed in my comment sections over the years that have stood out to me. And so in the last probably three to four years, the, a, a very common word that I think many people relate to is just real. This person is very real when you are who you are. Even if that person says something you disagree with, you appreciate and respect that they're being real with you, that they're yeah. being honest. And that is something that I think is, is a great sign of progress from a societal perspective because many times as soon as someone says something you disagree with, you're like, well, fuck that person. But yeah, now- sure it's less about, oh, I don't like them because I, they, I disagree with them. It's like, I like them even though I disagree with them because they feel 
comfortable enough in who they are to be honest about it. I, I mean, mm-hmm. for example, I just I did a podcast recently and I was talking about the Israel-Palestinian conflict and talking about Second Amendment and everything. And, and I'm very, very pro Second Amendment for many different reasons. Sure. But one of the the women who commented, she was like, listen, I disagree with you vehemently on the Second Amendment, but I love so much that you are open and honest about it and that you are not trying to hide it and pander to both sides. Mm-hmm. And then she said, how can I support you? Like, how can do you do coaching? Like, what can I buy from you? Just because she wanted to support the honesty. It's like, that wow. is the greatest greatest level of humanity showing you that like listen even though we disagree i just appreciate that you're being honest dude i mean so many great points and and first of all like i don't want to glance over it like dude you know i'm thinking about you you know i'm throwing you throwing you love and prayers and you know sending you texts i i was i was sitting here one night i'm like dude i I gotta check on my boy thank you that meant a lot and 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 dude and i know you're probably getting it everywhere and i didn't want to be like everybody else but like dude you know me i mean it so it's just you know, I've been thinking about you, um, but, but that word real, right. And it's something that I feel that because everybody talks about it and the, the word is authenticity. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody talks about it, you know, and being genuine. And it's almost like all these major influencers are, are, or these with big platforms and, and these entrepreneurs that have done a great job building something, you know, in their life, as far as a product, or it could be, you know, uh, a software platform, it could be a sales you know, sales program, whatever it is, it doesn't mean they should be leading people in, you know, yeah. everybody understanding or like, you know, flocking to them for advice. It that doesn't mean shit. Like have these people, they don't have everything that they say they're having. Correct. Right? At and, all. and and they don't have their fucking shit together. At all. Right. I at all. And and for those of you listening right now, like we're not talking about middle of the road people. We're talking about people that you think that you <laughs> that come across your feed that you just want to admire and be a part of. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want any part of these assholes. No, 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 none no. because they fucking sold their soul, man. They sold their they're soul. They're not ha- like, this is one of the biggest, biggest things that I, I, I was at an event very recently. Um, it, I hate the name. It was called like this influencer event. And in order to be invited, you have to have a certain number of followers, whatever. So fucking stupid. It, it was stupid. Uh, in terms of the, the name, I actually, I enjoyed Overall, the event, I enjoyed the guy who put it together. I, I admire him a lot. But, man, I was directly interacting with many people that have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers that put out this view of happiness and, and wholeness and completeness. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm, I'm a religious guy. Um, so I have nothing against that. But a lot of these people put out this uh I'm holier than thou type mentality and that, Oh, I'm very religious and I'm very, I'm very like moral and ethical. And then you meet them in person. And these are some of the most vain, most unhappy, most rude, conceited individuals you could ever imagine meeting in your entire life. And it's so different than what they put out online that it's hard to imagine that it could be real. That like, like it's uh, when you're following someone, it's hard to imagine that they could be different than they are, but they've gotten mm-hmm. so good at putting on this face and putting on this mask. That's like, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, and, and, and a way to think about it would be, I think we've all probably been in part of a, in a relationship, whether romantic or friendship or something where you first meet someone and you're like, Oh, this person's great. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take long to all of a sudden be like, well, that doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. And that goes against what they said. That goes against what they said. And all of a sudden, the person that you first thought you knew is a completely different individual. This mm-hmm. is very often what happens online. 
It's very often what happens. I can tell you, I, I mean, I could tell you some of the individuals I've met that match, mm-hmm. right? You, David Meltzer, mm-hmm. Bedros Koulian, mm-hmm. Amber Lee Lago. Mm-hmm. Like I've met them. Yeah. Like I know them. Like I've been in a room with Bedros recording an episode. Same dude. Yeah. In fact, even more kind in person, mm. to be quite honest. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't have that, that strong side of him, but he was one of the nicest cats ever, dude. Like he was just there. Like I felt to serve me and I'm like, wait a second, dude. Like I'm here to interview you. Like, this is really cool, man. Like that. He had a gift and everything waiting for me. Like it was, it was nuts. That's right. Awesome. You know, it was really cool. So, you know, but the, but the idea of real, man, we keep going back to that real or, you know, the raw authenticity. I think a lot of times, you know, people find these words or these topics to talk about on social media that they feel is going to get in clicks and it really agitates me. Most recently we're talking about, you know, the Israel and the Gaza um, conflict, you know, all of a sudden people that built out software platforms are talking about this. It's like, why are we not staying in our lane here? Like what, (laughs) what is going on? Like all of a sudden now you're, you're predicting world war three. Like, you know what the fuck you're talking about? Not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying, listen, I can see all sides of the issues, right? Like, okay, like if you think this is going to happen, like I can see it. It's scary right now. The world is scary. But like the problem is, is people are so tone deaf to realize that people are actually going to follow them and take whatever they're saying as actual news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that, that to me scares the hell out of me to a point where I saw these big individuals on the platforms talking about October 4th and how we're going to turn to zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I've- like, what do you... My issue, so, and I, I see this with literally every political commentary. The the Israel Palestinian one is one obviously that hits home to me. I, I've studied my whole mm-hmm, life. Of and, um, it's arguably the single most complex geopolitical situation in the entire world. It's the most complex conflict mm-hmm. geopolitically. Like the 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 effects are so wide sweeping and so complex down to the history of it. It's very few people actually understand. Um, and and I think what's important to remember is we've all played the game telephone, right? We've all played mm-hmm. that game and we all understand right. like, okay, so once we get to the end of the circle, it's probably going to be a little bit different than, or maybe even very different than what started at the beginning of the circle. And this is all yeah, within a matter of, of like a minute. We so, learned that in second grade. Right. In second grade. So imagine now people are, are being fed insane amounts of propaganda from usually one of the two sides. And they're not only not, the propaganda is not only, incorrect but then they're misinterpreting the propaganda and then now we have people who have no understanding of history no understanding of the conflict who are just spewing off stuff because they're scared or because mm-hmm. they want attention because they want to optimize on this this conflict themselves it's it's very scary i, I think uh most people who are who are just resharing and posting these propaganda clips from either side have no clue what the hell they're talking about, and it's actually making the situation way worse. No, it truly is, and like I, I I'm the first one to say like this, like you say geopolitically, this conflict is way out of my depth. Like what I don't know, I don't know, right? And I'm not going to begin, you know, to talk about it like I do know, right? right? And I and I think that's the problem nowadays in society. Everybody thinks that they need to have that know it all. But the one thing that you said that scares the absolute hell out of me, dude, is is simply this. When these things happen, when these conflicts happen, or COVID, or the zombie apocalypse of October 4th, 2023, (laughs) 
yeah, we're making fun of you guys. In case you guys haven't figured out, if you're listening to this, like I, we are making fun of you right now. Mm-hmm. We're both we're both satire sons of bitches, smart asses. That's why we get along. Anyway, I just have more hair. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but Jay, listen, man. The thing that scares me is when things happen that these other individuals feel that they need to use it as clout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scares me. That's like this yeah. isn't a situation that I think needs to be all over social media by people that don't know what the fuck's going on. Correct. Like, I I don't know. That's just me, dude. Do you? That's me. Do you know who Anthony Jeselnik is? No, I don't. He's he's a comedian. I love stand up comedy. I um, do too. And he is a unique stand up comedian yeah. that he's very dark. Like his humor is super dark. Uh, I like that. Like I enjoy it. I like I have dark humor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's if if someone gets easily offended they should not listen. Uh, <laughs> Disclaimer. But, you know, humor is one of the best ways to deal with dark times and dark mm-hmm. issues. And he does that I think better than anybody else. It's very dark humor. Um, but one of the things that he talks about how it is like whether it's a massacre or a school shooting or whatever it is, there's always the people that feel the need to go out and be like, oh, like they go on social media and like, oh, my thoughts and prayers are with these people, my thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. And he made a, an amazing point where he was like, you're taking a situation that's terrible. And he framed this in a very funny way. But you're taking a situation that's terrible where where kids have been killed and innocent people have been killed. Mm-hmm. And you're saying... I want you to give me attention. It's like, like if you have thoughts and prayers, like you don't need to put that on social media. You could just Mm -hmm. keep that between you and God, you and your family. Mm -hmm. Like you can just keep that. You don't have to go on your story or on your Twitter or whatever and be like thoughts and prayers go out to so-and-so people. Cause what you're doing is like, Oh, don't forget about me. Like make sure Mm -hmm. you like this post. Give me attention. It's like, it doesn't, it's, and, and it's, I think a lot of people are seeing so much of the awful stuff going on and are like, wait, wait, but where's my attention? You're not paying attention to me anymore. Yeah. You're not looking at what I'm saying right now. So it's like, what can I say now to make myself relevant in this catastrophic environment? Dude, that, that that's true, man. And it's a great point. And one of my other favorites is the virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The filming while I'm giving somebody money. Oh my filming. god, I hate that. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Guy, you're not you're clearly not doing it. What you're that. you're doing it for two reasons, right? Two reasons. One, you just want attention, you're a narcissistic son of a bitch. Yep. Two, right? Two, that everybody already thinks you're an asshole, so you're trying to show them that you're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I can't stand it when like uh People show up like they're going to like they do the whole thing. I'm going to give my waiter like this amount of money and they have to film the whole thing or I'm going to go like it's like, I don't know. Why don't you just do it and not say anything about it? Um, Which this bring this is a whole philosophical discussion. Like, is there anything like does selflessness actually exist? Is there a way to be selfless? And this is a whole deep philosophical discussion. But even if you're giving charity it's coming from a selfish place because people will be like, well, no, I'm giving charity because it, it feels good. Well, yeah, it feels good. So it's selfish. Mm-hmm. It feels good to give charity. So, and so that leads to the discussion. Well, is selfishness bad? No, I being selfish that. can That's be great. a wonderful, wonderful thing. Sometimes you have to be selfish in order for you to be able to give more. Like if you, if you don't have the means to 
provide for yourself and your family, then you're definitely not going to have the means to give to charity and giving to charity right. is a wonderful thing. And sometimes in order to, de to develop that means you need to be selfish, mm -hmm. but it's not that selfishness is a bad thing, but the idea that you're doing things purely out of selflessness, that's, that's not true. Like that. Dude, that's deep, bro. Yeah. That's, deep. that's just going to blow. That's going to melt people's minds right now. Like this asshole. I'm not selfish. <laughs> I'm selfless. I'm self. No, I, I'm I don't selfless. think anyone is. No, I don't. I think you're right, dude. Like I don't, when I do things for my family or anybody, I'm doing it because I want to make them happy. Yeah. You know, I want to help them, but also want to feel good about what I'm doing. That and I'm why do you want to make them happy? It's like, because I give a shit. Exactly. Because exactly. It comes back but to dude, you. It's like some people can get triggered by that, but yeah. to me, it's like, oh my God, that makes sense. It makes right. Sense. Exactly. Like, if I go and give a million dollars to pancreatic cancer research, yep. I'm not doing it just for that. Correct. I'm selfish. My grandmother and my ex-girlfriend died of pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't mean it's bad. No, it's not. Right? Bad. So, so like everybody listening right now, like I want you to really think about that. Right. What Jay is saying is like, dude, it's not bad. Like really think about it. You don't, you're doing these things on social media platforms or giving to charity just as a selfless act, like Jay and and myself aren't doing this completely selflessly. Like we get something out of this of too. Of course, yeah. Like so, it's selfish. Yep. I'm, I, dude. That that's going to be way too deep for a lot of people, bro. Like but that people, that right there is going to be way too much. People have that. We we've as a society have placed the word selfish has a very close like connotation with bad. But mm -hmm. selfish doesn't necessarily mean bad. And that's yeah. what we have to get over. Right, um, right. We have to remove the idea that doing something selfishly is inherently bad. There's, I think it's a spectrum. Like mm -hmm. you can, on one end of the spectrum, you could be so selfish and so self-centered and so focused that literally everything you do is solely for you and nothing else and no good can come from it. Mm -hmm. And you become very manipulative and very controlling. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you, you don't want to do anything selfish whatsoever. But then as a result of it, you don't do anything at all. Like you don't help people because you think, well, I'm, I don't want to be selfish and I know I'm doing it for me. So every, essentially both ends of the spectrum are bad. Whereas the closer you get to the middle, surprise, surprise, the more you can have a balance of selflessness and selfishness and, and understand that it's not, it's not inherently good or bad one way or another. You can actually be a helpful member of society to help other people, but also help yourself. And so if you're giving money to cancers and charities and there's a selfish aspect to it, but you're also helping other people in need who wouldn't have gotten that help otherwise. I'd say it's a pretty damn good thing. Dude, isn't it funny how over the years we can redefine words and give more power to the negative connotation of those words mm -hmm. instead of what the actual words mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, like it's like that. Right. And, it, and that's a mindset thing. That's perspective. Right. I mean, that's, those are, that's one of the things that I love about, you know, doing the podcasting is, is learning more about people's mindset. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, as you know, I help athletes, um, that have those performance anxiety issues. A lot of the things that I dealt with when I played division one baseball, yes, again, it helps them, but it also heals me. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Right? It heals me. Like every time I'm helping one of my athletes, especially baseball players that are playing in the sec on a one-on-one -on -one call, like I feel good about it. Cause I feel a part of me heals. You right. know, like, wow, like I got went through that. So let's shift a little bit. Right. So I, I really want to talk about mindset as it pertains to fitness and health, man, mm -hmm. because you tackle that a lot. And I don't know if individuals are smart enough to really 
take that from you when you're, you know, you're doing your satire. A lot of your fun, your shit's funny as hell. Like you, you're nuts, dude. My, my, one of my friends knows that you and I are close and he sent me a message. He's fucking doing it again is when you did the, uh, the 30 days of spiking your, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you still lost weight. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the shit you do is just so damn funny, dude. But like, let's talk about the mindset. Cause that is a mindset, right? Yeah. So, so talk to us what, you know, some of the ideas surrounding it and what were you really trying to show? I mean, the main thing is, so my whole philosophy, especially when it comes to nutrition is that you can enjoy your favorite foods in moderation mm-hmm. and still be healthy. And I actually think the the example that I, people will will say like, oh, well, this food is bad. Like you can't have pizza or you can't have candy or you can't have ice cream. Mm-hmm. And right now sugar is like the big demon in society. Like, you can't have sugar. Sugar is bad. So much so that there are people saying don't eat fruit because it has sugar. <laughs> it's just like for fuck's sake, how many people do you know who got fat from eating fruit? And obviously like no one. No one gained 50 Nobody. pounds. Was like, yeah, it was the blueberries. Oh, really shit, bro. Out. You're fucking fat as hell. What happened? Yeah. Bro, I ate a whole watermelon. Exactly. No you one dick. ever. So my main thing is I want people to have a healthy relationship with food. And I very much believe that if you're the person who won't have cake at your daughter's birthday because you're scared it's going to make you fat, that is a very unhealthy relationship with food, not only for you, but also for your daughter. If your daughter sees that you're not going to have a slice of cake because you're scared that it's going to make you fat, this is there's it's a disease. It's called orthorexia nervosa. Mm-hmm. When you're so scared of, God forbid, having a slice of fucking cake at your daughter's birthday party that you don't do that, or maybe you do it, but then you feel like you need to go run for five hours to to uh, take care of the damage that you did and mm-hmm. damage being in quotes. It's this this is not a healthy relationship with food. And in all aspects of life, I think people understand we need balance, but always saying no and, and never being able to have a piece of, of, of cake or ice cream or pizza without anxiety, that's not balanced. That's not healthy. And I want people to be able to enjoy their favorite foods in moderation, not only eat Twinkies, not only eat cake. The majority sure. of your diet should be whole minimally. My main thing is I want people to have a healthy relationship with food. And I very much believe that if you're the person who won't have cake at your daughter's birthday because you're scared it's going to make you fat, that is a very unhealthy relationship with food, not only for you, but also for your daughter. I absolutely. If love your you, daughter sees like that, that, that you're not going to have a slice of cake you, like because you're scared that it's going to make you fat. This is, there's it's a disease called orthorexia nervosa week, right? like, when I you're so pizza. scared of, God forbid, having a slice pizza. of Dude, like, fucking cake it's, it's, at your daughter's birthday It's like party, those moments or maybe you do it, but then you feel like you need to go run for five hours to take care of the damage that you did. Well, it's already 6.30 and, you know, the kids in all aspects of yeah, life, I think people on. understand we need balance. Jets. Like, but the fuck always saying no and, and never Fine, being Sean. able to have Fine. a piece you can of, order pizza. of cake like, oh, or ice shit. cream or pizza without anxiety. Damn! She read my mind. This is <laughs> fucking awesome. But like, it's funny because, you know, and, and again, I want to ask you where this comes from because back, I, I can remember, you know, training as an athlete, you know, division one athlete at Louisiana State University. I never once counted a fucking calorie. I never once thought about my fucking macros and I'm not debunking that it works. I'm not, I understand science gets better. Technology gets better. We're able to pinpoint what's going to build more lean muscle tissue, how we're going to burn more fat. I get it. But like, it just seems to me over the last four years, it's exploded to a point where, you know, you have an, and I'm not, I'm not coming at the guy cause he'll crush me, but Andy Frisella, yep, right. Yep. And you know, 75 hard and you know, even Bedros, um, what was his new one? Andy Elliott guy. 
Um, <laughs> psychopath, right? You got a six pack or you're fucking fired. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's stupid. That, that's that, that to me is a, is a red flag. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. It is. Um, but like, it's almost like social media brought this, you know, need for perfection and nutrition and, and, and body image and dude, like it even affects me. Like sometimes like I feel like I'm at the gym, like, oh my God, I'm not completely shredded up. Like, like I'm like the, you know, like, so now I'm not disciplined. Like, dude, this is, this is causing some fucking mental wear and tear, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. to me about that. I mean, your I, thought? I, I think the, the fitness industry is a, a, I believe, over a $20 billion a year industry. And that, mm-hmm. that might even be an old statistic. It's probably more now. And I think with with social media and, and now anyone being able to say they're a personal trainer just by they go on in, they open their Instagram, they edit their bio and say, I'm a coach, whatever, like anyone yeah. can do it. Um, I think people are realizing that, number one, there's a lot of money to be made in that industry. Mm-hmm. potentially, if you know what you're doing. And even if you don't know what you're doing, someone can have no clue what they're doing and actually make a lot of money if they like look the part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we're seeing is a, a hyper focus on it far more than we have in years prior, which is also interesting because even though we're hyper focused on it as a society, obesity rates are higher than they've ever been, mm-hmm. which I think is is a very interesting thing to look at. We are hyper focused on aesthetics and fat loss and how we look and, and, and fitness more than ever, mm-hmm. but we're also fatter than ever. And, and, and it's, it's a growing problem. No pun intended. It's a, it's a growing issue where we're more and more and more people. And I think it's, it's what, what's going on is we have more information than we've ever had more readily available. All these people on YouTube and Instagram and podcasts and Twitter putting out all this fitness information, but we also have a, a massive rise in food science and this is what a lot of people don't understand about food is that these companies whether it's twinkies or chip companies or coca-cola candies whatever it is these companies spend hundreds of millions of dollars designing foods that are going to be hyper palatable that are going to be ridiculously ridiculously hard to put down Mm-hmm. They advertise them at you. They advertise them at your children. They make them very, very easy to buy, very easy to overeat. And so it becomes increasingly more difficult to just have one. And, and some of them, that's even part of their marketing campaign, like Pringles. Like once you pop, you just can't, can't stop, stop. Yeah. right? It's like, it's it's next to impossible to just like, how many, have you ever just had one Oreo? Like, of course Fuck not. no, like, one, well, hold on. Let's clarify, Jay. Um, a regular Oreo, yes. Double stuff, fuck you. Game over. No, I'm yeah. eating a whole sleeve. The whole sleeve is with gone. whole milk. Like it's it's done. Yeah. And if I just have a regular Oreo, then I just I take it apart and put it together to make it a double stuff. But I would never buy a regular Oreo because they suck compared to double stuff. It's like why would you even waste your money? For the same person. It, <laughs> it's scary. So we have all of this information, and then we have all of this this highly processed, highly 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 palatable food, and then now more than ever. Everything is so convenient. You can get your groceries delivered right to your house. You can work from home, sit on your ass all day. Like now more than ever, we're moving less, mm-hmm. eating more, and have all of this extra knowledge that very few people actually putting in practice, which leads to where we are now with this with this obesity epidemic, this real, real health crisis, and also a hyper focus on on fitness. It's it's such a weird place that we're in as a society. Love you so much. I also have my theories. Okay, let's hear it. So 
I have this theory that everybody's focused on doing all the shit, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're going from zero to a thousand Mm -hmm. and you're trying to come out of the gate and do all these things and restrict so much Mm -hmm. and just take everything, removing everything from their, from their diet. Mm -hmm. I'm not touching cheese. It makes Mm -hmm. you fat. I'm not touching a diet Coke because it gives you cancer. I'm not eating pizza because you know, the follicles in your testing when you tease a fucking inflame (laughs) and that's how you don't shit. And that's how you get bloated and get fat. Like we're doing too fucking much. Correct. And so what happens is, is all these people, myself included in the past, go on these hardcore things, whether it's whole 30, which I mean, we should be eating whole 30 anyway, right? We just don't know how to fucking eat in America, right? We should eat whole foods, right? With a little bit of, you know, minimally, you know, processed foods, just like you said, but we go on this all or nothing thing. Mm-hmm. And we do the 75 hards. We do all these other things. And you know how many times I've done 75 hard. Like I get it mentally cool, but the bottom line is it, it didn't work for me mm-hmm. because the swing back the other way is so fucking hard. Correct. Like you look good. I got down to 179. I looked emaciated. And then within like four months, I'm back to, you know, 205. I'm like, what Correct. the fuck just happened? And so to me, we're really fucking with our body, right? Mm-hmm. When yeah. we're when we're starving it, yep. over exercising, over training, because yes fitness psychopaths that is really a thing okay um you overtrain your body and then all of a sudden you stop mm-hmm. because you just can't move anymore maybe you hurt an ankle maybe something happens and the real people in life understand that no if you're hurt you should probably not go work out but the mm-hmm. psychopaths tell you to like you're a bitch if you don't go correct it's an l no it's not guys yeah and i just i just feel that that psychological twist to everything and what people have the the availability to see on their screen every day mm-hmm. and 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 think what's real kind of creates to that too so 100%, it's 100% dude absolutely we're both right it goes hand in hand i mean there it's they're not even competing issues they're like both of those things like play yeah. into each other and i think yeah. what we're seeing is something like 75 hard people love challenges like mm-hmm. mentally, they they love challenges. The issue is, hopefully, you have more than seventy five days to live. And, and when people start with something like seventy five hard or a thirty day challenge, twenty one day challenge, the mindset is, I'm going to go hard as hard as I can. It's in the name for seventy five days, thirty days, twenty one days, whatever it is. And I will not quote unquote, I won't eat bad foods. I will not have this. I will not have that. I will work out two times a day, just like in the program. Mm-hmm. And you, the countdown begins. It counts out seven day seventy four, day seventy three, day seventy two, day seventy one. Like the countdown begins until I can have these foods again, until yeah. I don't need to work out this hard again, until I can I can enjoy my life again. It becomes a, 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 a an amount of time in which you're willing to suffer, but you're not willing to suffer for the rest of your life. And the reality is, you don't need to suffer your whole life in order to be healthy. Yeah. I, rather than seventy five hard, I'd rather you have five thousand pretty damn good. Right. So like rather than 75 days of just super hard, ridiculously intense, how about 5,000 days in a row of like, you're doing good. It wasn't perfect, but like it was good. Yeah. Like, you got you your did something. In. You moved. Even if it was a 30 minute walk, you yep. moved. 5, you got your steps in, stayed hydrated, ate some mm-hmm. protein, maybe yeah. did some strength training a couple days of the week. Like 5,000 pretty good is infinitely better than 75 hard, uh, it, which goes to my saying, it's like 
inconsistently uh, consistently good is infinitely better than inconsistently perfect. I, I love that. You know, and, and a lot of it too, man. And, and everybody knows I'm a first form guy. You know, that's the supplements I take. They, you know, I have a partnership with them. But you know, like I've been very upfront. I'm not doing 75 again, right? Because I, I would rather. And, and here's the thing, man. We need to do less every single day, but do it consistently. Correct. That's that compounding effect, and and people don't realize that that. Con- and, and and a lot of times, dude, I have to I have to tell myself. You know, like I think it's been four weeks since I've been in the gym consistently. Blew out my shoulder again. Like oh, I'm man. rehabbing. I got, dude, I've got so many baseball injuries. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So for me, like even if I do like a raise, yeah. like, I, like right when I get here, I feel like someone's stabbing me right in my rotator. Jeez. So I have a tear in my um, subscap, yep. supersplenatus, and a suspected tear in my labrum. Oh, right? yeah. Which the only way I can find out if there's a real tear in my labrum is MRI with contrast. And right. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. So I've been doing dry needling, you know, all that stuff. Right. And it's working. I can, I can lift a little bit, but what it did for me psychologically is like, shut me down. Yeah. Right? You know, it shut me down because I fight with the fact that if I can't go in there and lift heavy and, and, and do all the shit that I want to do, then I ain't fucking doing it. Yep. And here I am four weeks later, probably five, five to set five to eight pounds, five to 10 pounds heavier. And I'm like, okay, dude, like, Let's switch this. It's not shame yourself though, Sean, but like, Hey, maybe, you know, on, you know, get back to the gym and just move your body a little bit and then do it again the next day. And I think the problem that people face is when they don't feel like they're best physically and mentally, it's almost like they don't want to go to the gym because they don't want to be seen. Correct. I'm one of those people, dude. Like I'm that guy. What would be some of the advice you would give someone like Sean French or the people listening that can help them through that mindset? Yeah, I mean, number one, I appreciate how honest you're being with that because I think a lot of people would hide that. And I think just the fact that you said it, people are going to be like, man, that's exactly right. Like, I feel the same way. The What I would say is a lot of people get worried about what people are going to think about them at the gym. Oh, my God. Oh, they put on weight or what are they doing? Da, da, da. The reality is the gym is the place where people go when they feel insecure. That's why most people are there. Mm-hmm. Most people are there because they feel insecure with who they are. And Oftentimes people go and they think, oh my God, everyone's staring at me. Everyone's looking at me. Everyone's judging me. Usually everyone is right in between their own two ears. Everyone is worried. Everyone is insecure. More importantly though, when you're looking back on your life, when you're 90, 95, if if you're blessed to live to 90, 95, I don't know, man. I don't know if I will. I don't fucking know. if, If you're looking back, are you going to be proud of yourself to look back and say, wow, I'm really glad that I didn't go to the gym because I was worried about what some random person there was going to say about me when I had put on 20 pounds? Or are you going to look back and say, I'm really proud that I went and kept going, even though someone might have been judging me. And the reality is people probably aren't going to judge you. People like the most people are actually really nice, really good people. And there are some really encouraging people in the gyms. Occasionally there's an asshole here and there, but even if you do come face to face, face to face with an asshole, someone's judging you being a dick. I guarantee you, you will always be proud of yourself for continuing to go despite that person being there rather than like letting them win. That's how they win. They win if you just stay home and you do nothing. And and you know who loses is you because you don't get the benefits. You don't like you get deeper and deeper into this depressive state. You're not happy with yourself. You're not proud of yourself. And it seeps into every aspect of your life. So no matter what, like even if there was going to be someone judging you, it's like it's still worth it for you to go. You're going to be more proud of yourself if you if you actually get in there. 
what would you tell your best friend? If your best friend was like, I don't want to go. I think someone's going to be judging me. You'd be like, fuck them. Let's go. Like, let's get in there. Yeah. Treat yourself I, like, you, like you treat your best friend. Yeah, I would. I would honestly say, no, that's not that's not why. Interesting. I, I would honestly tell them like, no, that's not why. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you may be using that. But I think the underlying thing is like for me is like, you know how it is, man, you gain a little weight. And then mm -hmm. you put the undies on, you go to the gym, it's a little tighter in the trunk area. And you're looking in the mirror. I'm like, is that a fat roll? What the fuck? <laughs> and so like, I think it's more of the not wanting to be uncomfortable in public yeah, yeah, and yeah. feeling like a fat ass. I mean, yeah. really, like I truly don't give a fuck what Jimmy or Samantha thinks about me. I'm right. 40. I'm almost 45, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Three kids, a smoke show of a wife. So all these little little chicks running around their fucking shorts there thinking there's something you ain't got shit on my fucking wife. Okay. And she's 43. It doesn't even lift. So you got a ways to catch up ladies. Um, but I mean, dude, it's just like, that's the thing. It's like everybody gets in their own head including yeah. myself. And I appreciate the compliment. And that's, and that's why we're friends because I will never not get on this microphone and tell the fucking truth. Yeah. Like I just can't do it, man. It's like, why am I even doing this? If I'm, you know, putting out this, persona and like Correct. rewinding rewinding 38 minutes we're talking about you know that bad advice you got earlier in your career i got mm -hmm. it too whoever you are turn it up about 10 notches turn up that bravado <laughs> this i feel like a douchebag exactly exactly like i start talking about things i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about like you know giving zero value when people just need to understand be yourself when you're creating a platform. Correct. Be who you are. Like you can call it authenticity. You can call it genuine. You can call it real. You can call it not being a fucking liar. I don't care what you call it. Just show up as you. And what you'll find is people will love you mm -hmm. and some people won't. Mm -hmm. And those are not your people. And who gives a fuck about them? That's it. You know, and, and, and again, you know, just, just be a good person, man. Be kind. Um, so what's next for you, man? You got anything cool you're working on? Like, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got the deal? Man, honestly, the big thing is just spending more time with my family. I got a, a little one-year-old girl right now, yep. and and uh, like I'm at a point in my life, in my career, in which like I just I just want to spend more time with them. So um, keeping things pretty status quo with the business, and and honestly, trying to do the minimum effective dose with that right now. There, are, I go through different phases. Sometimes I'll go hard, like I just did. You know, the 30 days of spiking my blood sugar every day, and that was a lot of work and a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in a phase of the least amount of work I can possibly do while still like being okay, like financially and just spending as much time as I can with my wife and daughter. So oh, I love it, dude. That's, I love it, man. You know, I think that's again, going back to balance. I, like what I've realized is I don't think there's just like, you don't ever arrive at a point where everything is balanced, like, and the scales are just exactly balanced in everything forever. For me, balance is okay. Maybe I'll have a few months here where I'll be like, really focused on family and, and that's the number one. And then I'll have a few months where it's like, you know what, work is going to take a little bit more of a priority and I might have to miss a little bit with family, but it's a little bit back and forth. So for right now, probably for the remainder of the year, just really, really, really like family focused, being at home. And then once January hits, maybe like turn the dial up a little bit on business. So I love that because I want people to really dive into that. Guys, you don't have to be hyper-focused on one thing all year long. Right. Like I go through seasons as well. And that, and that includes your you know, you want to be able to move consistently, but you might be more focused on your nutrition or your body 
one quarter than you are the next quarter. Maybe there's a lot of travel for work. Maybe there's a lot mm-hmm. of family events. Like what you guys need to understand is where you're at. It's perfectly just fine. Just acknowledge it, do whatever you can keep somewhat of a good mindset about it and just live your freaking life, man. Because all these individuals telling you the way you need to live it and how you need to live it, or you're not successful. They're all full of shit. Yeah. Especially but, these you know. like, <laughs> these like 22 year old influencers who like, oh, they live alone. They don't have a partner. They don't have kids. And they're like, all right, well, here's my like morning routine. I'm like, you're sipping like your chai fucking latte. It's like good. Like get the fuck out of here with your morning routine. <laughs> my morning routine. Did you see what uh, Alex Hermosi said about morning routines? No, no. What do you say? I love him by the way. Like okay. yeah, yeah. I would love to meet that guy. Yeah. Um, hopefully he's the same energy. Um, <laughs> but so Alex, if you want to want to link up, let's do it. Um, he's not listening. But um, he he said something about um, morning routines. Like, you know, people don't get rich by doing their morning meditation, you know, doing their breath work, you know, doing their walk on the treadmill, connecting with their wife. They got rich and then they started talking about these weird fucking routines. Right. Correct. That's, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it was really cool to read because, you know, a lot of people get out there and they'll, you know, hey, this is how you're going to make seven figures in 90 days or less by doing this morning routine. Link in the bio. It's like, yeah. wow, people fucking believe this shit. Yeah, like, people actually wow. believe it. Wow. Like seven, a million dollars in 90 days? Fuck yeah. All I got to do is do some breath work and jump in a cold plunge. Fucking let's do it. I'm in. Yeah. And then you meet them and they don't even do those morning routines. Yeah. And they're just looking for content ideas. They're like, all right, well, what, what can I say as a good morning routine like to get people to like to like those videos? It's it's all horseshit. It's so funny, dude. Like it's so funny that our our conversation has been on social media mostly. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. but but it it just it it's what needed to be, right? It's obviously that's what needs to be out there so people can really digest the information and know that most people are full of shit is like everybody's looking for that silver bullet. And the one thing that drives me crazy is these morning routines. People are searching. And and dude, if you go into these Instagram communities, this is that drives me crazy. It's always like find viral ideas of what is already going viral. Mm, mm -hmm. Just why? Like if you're, if your goal is to go viral on social media, you're never going to be happy. Correct. Because if, right. You might have one or two that go well. Like, I don't have anything that just grows legs and goes. And so what, man? I feel like I'm building a good, you know, platform. You know, I have some engagement, which I know is like at a premium now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get people that engage and love your shit. Treat them like family, you know, like welcome them in. But never go into it with thinking you have to rip off somebody else's morning routine or this content idea to become social media famous, you're going to fucking struggle, man. Man, I've, and, and everything I'm saying is from experience with knowing people who've done this. Like, so again, I've been doing this for a long time. I've, I never went viral. It was a slow, steady grind for a long period of time. Um, I have a couple of colleagues who did go viral very early on. And because they weren't prepared for it, they weren't prepared for the influx of people, of opinions, of messages, of inquiries. They initially had a, a very brief period of, this is awesome. I'm killing it. It's amazing. And they had an even faster and more rapid decline. Mm-hmm. And to where now it's, it's they're worse off now than they were before. 
the the goal of going viral with the idea of that will lead to fast success is a complete misnomer. It's not how it works. There, there's a reason why anyone with a, a like a, a true level of high level success over many many years will tell you it's a constant grind over many 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 years because virality doesn't lead to business success. Virality might lead to more views in the short term, but it's I think it's one of the the greatest curses you can have because then you're going to expect that's how everything is going to go and. There's, there's this level of as you grow your audience, you get a negative message here, you get a negative message here, you have a failure here, you start to get, you build up calluses to it. Mm-hmm. If I all of a sudden out of nowhere went from very little to getting everyone's opinions about everything, I, I would have lost my fucking mind because yeah. I, I didn't, I wouldn't have built up the callus and built up like the understanding of this is how people respond. This is how people react. I'm so blessed that it took me over a decade of posting to grow because slowly and surely I was able to get used to and understand the patterns and the trends and how people respond. It was funny you say that because, you know, I haven't, I'm about what, maybe two and a half, I'm th- I think three years in, right? And a lot of your your story talking about the constant grind just reminds me so much of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? Just really putting out the content, gaining some steam. Yeah, maybe. I have this one dude that pops in every now and again just to, I agree with you about 60%, but, you know, I'm like, do you just fucking come in here to like, I'm like, oh, so you, so, I mean, the majority is you agree with me. That's cool, man. Thank you. Like, I, I don't need you to agree with me, but you know, let's, let's talk about it intelligibly. Share, share with me your idea yeah. is where I'm at. But like, you're right. If it comes too quick, like I wouldn't know how to handle it. And yeah. in the bottom line is, is I still don't know if I would be able to handle the, all the influx, right? I am growing on a consistent basis. Like you know, a year, like three years ago, I had 900 followers. Mm. You know, I have 50, 54,000 people in my community now. Like to me, that's great growth, right? I'm grateful Amazing. for those people that come along. Like I love it. I if love you have 50,000, if you have 1,000 people who buy everything you do, you're good for life. Right. Like, but I also think that's a process, right? Like I'm still not there yet. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I'm open to say that, like, there's too many people out there that are not, you know, willing to say that they just want to go, well, you know what I'm making, you know, $10,000 a month. Guess what? No, you're not like, no, you're not, you, you, you know, you didn't launch this funnel and all of a sudden you're making 10 grand a month. You're a liar. Fuck off. Don't, don't even talk to me. Correct. Like, you've already lost me. I had somebody reach out to me today for podcast. Um, what is it? Uh, podcast advertisement or podcast, uh, you know, engagement or whatever, you know, it's like the modern day, like, you know, buy likes and buy followers. They want, they want you to do that for podcasts now. Right. Just give me your RSS video. I go, and I started fucking with the guy. I'm like, okay, cool, man. How how much? He goes, well, for a week, it's a hundred for two weeks. It's 200, but I'll do it for the month for a thousand. What? I'm like, what the fuck are you even talking about? You just wait a second. So for, so, for the first two weeks, it's 200 bucks. For the next two weeks, it's another $800. Right. Cool math, bro. <laughs> like, what, what is going on? But yeah, dude, my, my point is like, you know, you get those types of people come at you. I don't get a ton of hate just yet. I know I will. Oh, like, yeah. You yeah. know, I know I will. Like, and that's okay. But, you know, I look at your feed, you know, because obviously we're connected on there and there's not a whole lot of bad shit that people say, not at all, you know? And, 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 and for the most part, I get a lot of support. Again, there's, there's some people that'll pop in every now and again, 
that I knew from before I was doing this just to yeah, tell me, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, no way, you know, you should do this or, hey, I don't, you need to go a little lower on that squat. I'm like, bitch, I got a blown out Achilles. <laughs> the fuck do you know about what's yeah. going on in my life right now? I've been three years. <laughs> Dicks. Um, real quick before we land the plane, dude, you, uh, now you're a suburb guy. Dude, you're living in the subs guy. now. Big suburb guy. I could see you with a stroller, the fucking coffee that's got like a black belt on it. Like, yes, I can see you. I can see you, motherfucker. (laughs) What do you love most about the suburbs? So the big thing, so I lived in cities for the last like 14 years and they were great, especially either when I was single or it was just my wife and I, it was awesome. But now that we have our daughter and we, you know, God willing, we want, we want more kids. It's uh, one of the, the, things about living in a high rise that sucks is you can't just get out of the building and just go on a great walk right away, especially in like necessarily a safe area. Mm-hmm. Um, or a, a, at least an area that you'd really feel comfortable with your wife and daughter walking around in. Right. And, uh, you know, we were uh, like up more than 40 floors in our last building and the elevators were always taken forever. And it's like, if you wanted to go on a walk, it was a big fucking thing. Now and grocery shopping, grocery shopping, it, everything. It's, it's a whole mess. So now Literally every day, usually like two to four times a day, we just open the front door and go out in the yard and play or go Imagine on a walk. That. It's just, it's the best. And it's funny because I was talking to my friend and you know, she lives, she's lived in the cul-de-sac for a long time. And and as my wife and I were telling her that we're just excited to open the front door and be outside, mm-hmm. she was like, I've completely taken that for granted. The idea of, oh, I want to go outside. I open my door and I'm outside. It's whereas if you're living in a big building, whether it's a high rise or, or, or even like four or five, six floors, like it's, it can take a minute and it's not mm-hmm. as simple. So the best part for me is we go outside. It's great weather here in Texas. We just go out, we play, we, we just run around in the grass, roll around with my daughter. It's that's, that's my favorite thing. And we do that every day, multiple times a day. Dude, I take when you, when you said that, when you said I can open the door and go outside, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm such an asshole. Like, I don't even like, I don't even think about that. Like there's a pool in my backyard that we have. Like <laughs> there's a beautiful, like, neighborhood here i can just go on this walk it's gated like yeah i don't even think about that right because it's just i haven't lived in a high rise for maybe five years yeah so initially it's like oh my god when i went grocery shopping the first time when our house is done being built i'm like oh my god i don't need this big yes cart thing and i don't need to go up the elevator exactly i'm back down so but yeah like or like having a grill like do you grill outside Dude, my grill went out on me, bro. Oh, that sucks. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. It went out on me. Um, my wife bought it for me two years ago for Father's Day. And so like now I'm like, that's like another revert. That's another like weird mindset thing with me. Yeah. I do not like meat that I cannot grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to put it in this pan? It's going to taste like <laughs> shit. <laughs> fucking baked chicken. What do I fucking look like to you? Savage? <laughs> Dude, grilling meats is the best. I, I, I it's the best, and just be able to go outside, have a beer, hang out with yeah. the family. Like to be able to do that is just it's amazing. Oh, oh, you drink alcohol? Like you're terrible. Like I know. You know I know. Oh my god. <laughs> you know you don't, you don't you don't you're not a part of that whole. I'm just gonna quit alcohol crew. Like for fuck it forever. That's a real. It's that's a huge thing right now. It's everyone's talking about. It. And listen. <laughs> It's For those big. that are doing it because they want to, like, I'm, I'm totally in. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Don't I, trend it, motherfucker. Don't trend it. The, the, the thing is, like, I'm not an idiot. Obviously, alcohol isn't good for you. But, like, sure. we're, it's very obvious. But 
there are many things that are not good for you that mm-hmm. that all of the that many of these people are doing as well. And for me, it's like, listen, I would I'm totally fine having a couple beers or a glass of mm-hmm. wine with my wife. I love that. And I can mm-hmm. also still live a very healthy, happy life. I know some people who are like, yeah, I'm not going to drink alcohol, but they're also doing cocaine. I'm like, really? And you're going on talking about how you're like three years sober, but like you're also doing coke. What are you, what are you talking about? That's not sober. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> drink a glass of fucking Merlot. God dang, man. Fucking, oh, I'm great. I haven't touched alcohol. I haven't touched alcohol in a few years, but I years. know you're doing coke. <laughs> Crushing up meth like a motherfucker. Though, dude. Snoring that yeah, shit. they're slamming Adderall so they can yeah. work more and not sleep. It's like, what is wrong with you? Like, well, you- Dion Breaking Bad did it, and he was a teacher, so I'm going to fucking do it. It's fine. His life was fine. <laughs> that show is arguably the greatest show of all time. I'm watching it again. Like, dude, I'm, I'm yeah, no, again. like, I'm on season two. Like, I'm watching it again, it's and it's so just- good. That. That show is one of the the most unique shows because it's very difficult for a show to continually get better every single season all the mm-hmm. way to the end. Mm-hmm. That show is, I think, literally the only show that I've really watched that to the very last episode, it got better and better and better and better and better. That show is is just absolutely extraordinary in every way. I love it, dude. I forgot, though, how slow the first like season it's was. super. Yeah, the first I'm, two seasons are really difficult. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> second season's a little bit better. But yeah. like, but no, that's funny because I'm going through it again. Like, yeah, I, I love it. I, I, what's your favorite show besides that? Um, well, so, I mean, there's a bunch, but I would say Game of Thrones is another really, really good one. But that had a really sharp drop off at the end where like the last season or two. Just even, I've never watched one second of that dragon shit. I'm it's sorry. a great show. Is it um, really? Yeah, it's it's super good. Okay. It's a really good show. Right. Um, let's see. So there, there's Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Office guy. I love The Office. Dude, the office. I, knew, I knew we were I knew we were made to be friends. That's that like, like my favorite show. That and Friends. Just, Oh yeah. Friends is good. Seinfeld is really good, but the office is the one where that's my, I think my personal favorite one. Like if I'm in a bad mood or anything, like I just put that on because so it's funny, dude. season one through six, any of season mm-hmm. one through six, like once seven and eight come, then it sort of sucks as soon as, as, uh, as Michael Steve Trout leaves. Yeah. Steve, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I think the office, if I had to pick one show that I could only watch forever, it would be that. That's no, it's a great show. It's a great show. But listen, dude, um, we're going to land the plane here before we go. Tell the audience a little bit about your inner circle, how they can be involved, what they can find there, and how how they, how you could support them. Yeah, so what I'll say is this. The inner circle is it's my monthly membership for fitness, but don't buy it just yet. Um, if you like my content, feel free to, to join after that. But don't like just from this, I'm not going to give you a sales pitch. If you like it, great. But that's where I, I have people do like my workouts, nutrition, all of that. But for whatever it's worth, you are listening to to the best host. You've got Sean here. He's he's amazing. I respect him immensely. He's a great friend of mine now, and uh, I, I think that you've got everything you need you need here with Sean. He's an amazing guy, and I would continue. I would encourage you to continue listening to him because he's doing a really wonderful job. My fucking guy, dude. I appreciate you. When are we gonna When are we gonna get together, man? We've been th- but like we need to figure this thing out. <laughs> like okay, so here's so I'll I'll say this on air. Um, before we hopped on, I started creating my two minute outline. So I hear two minute outline to send in with application for Ted talks. Oh, nice. Um, So maybe I'll look for one in Texas. Dude, do it. Do you want in Dallas? Dallas done. Well, my best friend lives in Dallas too. That's man. Dude. So like, where we are. Oh, that could, that could be a fun time. Come to Dallas. We'll get some barbecue. We'll hang out. It'd be great. 
That's what I'm talking about. Some ribs, dude. Yes, some dude. Ribs are the ribs. best. It's, I listen. I could talk about this for a while. I, I I don't have anything against brisket. I don't have anything against the other stuff. But it's like if you're going to barbecue, ribs rib. are always the that's always number one. Like, do you like spicy barbecue sauce? I love spicy barbecue. Burn sauce. my yeah. fucking mouth off. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like if you if you're not if if I if my nose isn't running, I don't want your barbecue. <laughs> like the whole you're just like <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> like your friend that doesn't drink but does yeah, coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, ribs, spice like whether it's like beef ribs, pork ribs, whatever, but also spicy wings, hot wings. I freaking they're so good. I love it, dude. And I like them grilled. I'm not a big smoke. I don't like the smoker. Like yeah, I know yeah. it's a trend, but like, dude, that. Like to me, like a, a wing, a smoked wing has yeah. this weird aftertaste. Like has this yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm probably going to get canceled for that, but whatever. <laughs> oh, well. But look here, man. I, I appreciate you, dude. And um, I'm so happy that we got this done and we didn't say anything off color that we can't publish. And um, yeah, nothing super just, offensive. Nothing super <laughs> offensive. <laughs> Thank you for having me, brother. <laughs> of course, man. Um, for those of you that are listening for the first time, please hit subscribe. Um, and if you don't mind, leave a written review. I, I really love to hear or read the feedback that you guys are having about the show. And don't forget to share this, any of the social media clips to uh, to your audience, your your friends, your family, people that you feel that would connect with this message. We'd really appreciate it. And again, you know, pop in the DMS, say hello. I'm not one of those assholes that will ignore you. Um, just don't try to sell me crypto, um, or <laughs> podcast promotions or how to make my videos go viral because I don't believe in that shit. So anyway, love you all and chat with you soon. Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. Unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes. Train your mind to conquer challenges, stay focused under pressure, and achieve unparalleled success. Our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques, enhancing concentration, resilience, and confidence. Picture yourself outperforming your rivals, making split-second decisions with clarity and achieving victory like never before. Join us today and elevate your game to new heights. Peak Mental Performance Program, where champions are forged in the mind. Email me today, sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information. See you inside.